joining me is Paul Finney from the QPR podcast. Uh, Paul, what is going on at QPR? Because everything seemed to be going to plan from a kind of pundit's point of view. Steve McLaren came in, he had some disastrous early season results. We thought, here we go again with Steve McLaren. But you seem to be actually quite good now. What's going on? Um, that's a really, really good question, and one I don't have the answer for. It's almost like we stumbled onto something that we didn't really mean to stumble into by default. Um, he wanted to start the season by playing this kind of from the keeper to the the fullbacks kind of thing and go forward and and play total football. Then he realised that our keeper had a horrible habit of kicking to the opposition strikers and they kept scoring, which is really, really unfair and um, not very kind of them. So we had to put that policy to bed, and then also for the last. A uh, few seasons since the fallout of Hughes and so on, we've basically been having a youth policy put in place to stop us buying mercenaries. Um, and then there's a there's a prominent focus on putting our kids first and getting our kids into the team and everything else, which is what Holloway and Birch were trying to do. That was their remit. Um, and McLaren decided that if we were going to play that way, then we would probably end the season getting really good at it. So then I think he just had a word with the club and then went into the low market and brought in men, basically, who will do a job in this division and um, know it inside out and know, and know what to do. So they kind of, we had a... Yeah, I suppose we changed policy three times in, uh, in as many months, really, but and then managed to get the right system. I have to say, I'm, I'm quite, there's no one more surprised than us. If you'd have told me at West Brom after losing 7-1 that he would then go on this run that we've had, I would have probably had you sectioned for your own good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, you, you mentioned uh, kind of shoring up the defence by, by bringing men in. Who, who have those guys been then? Well, it's basically what it was before you had Leicester and we had oh, got Lidge sort of and Bidwell kind of trying to find a way but not really getting there not really um, making a lot of mistakes because we're trying to get um, Bidwell to play as a, a wing back and so therefore the two centre halves were getting pulled out we got Angle Rungal in from Swansea where they let him go and he's brought a hell of a lot of experience and just I know he's old and everything else but he's, he's re- his region of the game is, is pretty immense for for his age and he's, he's, he's more than um, helped and he's certainly got himself a, a one year deal out of it when he was only supposed to be here for a few months and he's been brilliant and I think Cameron being in front of the back four has been immense for the team he's, he's managed to break everything up it's, it's almost like when we had Warnock in and he brought in the likes of Hill and Derry and now he brought in championship players to do a job in the championship because as you well know the championship is a very very strange league and you know it's it's great to blood kids but it, they, they do get bullied they will get hammered and you need people around them to bring them all in I mean you know everyone talks about the days when we had Adele but what they forget is that without, without Derry and uh, Ali Fallen and um Clint Hill, Adele would have been nobody, and and that's and that's the truth. They needed those players around him to bring out the best of these players, and I think that's what he's trying to do. With Eze. he's trying to bring out the creative side of his game by putting people in to do the right job. Because I think before we had the wrong players in the wrong cupboards to put it to put it in a quotation for you. So Cameron, then uh, I've just seen you've had him on your podcast. I imagine uh, there's he's enjoying life in London and you're enjoying him at the moment because his uh, arrival has coincided with you shoring the defence up and looking a lot more solid and uh, after kind of the disaster of last season I imagine he's pretty happy to be away from us I didn't get that impression actually Um, when we talked to him I think 
It's like many players, you know, we've had it as well. We keep players and they do the same job and they keep and, and things happen without their control and they find themselves out of the side and and that hurts them more than anything because they love the club. I, I got the distinct impression that he, he loves his time at Stoke and he loved playing for them, but he wants a new challenge because I don't think he sees himself fitting in under the new manager and at his time of life, he wants to be playing first-team football, which is understandable. But no, he was very, very complimentary about Stoke at his time there and um, he, he loves you guys a lot from what he was saying to us, but just obviously didn't figure in the manager's plans um, and we'd love to play Saturday. But it was quite interesting. He didn't know whether he was allowed to play Saturday or not, which I thought was odd. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, he he sort of said, "Oh, I hope the managers can sort that out." I'd love to play, but it's down to the manager. I would have thought that would have been done in a deal, to be honest with you. But there you go. Right, that, that that's good to hear then, because uh, I I think Cameron is one of the more well liked players from certainly our last few seasons. Anyway, he, he's been with us uh, a long time, and certainly there have been a few occasions where he's added this kind of energy to a midfield and uh, really helped kind of galvanise us and he's certainly very uh, likeable in terms of how he approaches playing then so how is he uh, how does he fit in your team then what kind of formation does McLaren play he's a wrecker um, and we've someone that we've needed for an awful long time. Um, you know, we've, I think I'm right in saying in the ten games that he's played, we've only actually lost one. Um, his stats are pretty damn good. He just does a simple. Good players are the ones you don't really notice. I know people say that and it's a really cliche thing to say because they just do a job, and that's what he does. You know that more than I would. You've seen him more than I've seen him. He's just very, very good at what he does. He breaks up the play. He's give our midfield a hell of a lot more bite, He's, he's and he's letting the creative players like Freeman and that express themselves more because he's not afraid to get stuck in and do the dirty work and, and, and just carry on. And that's what we've needed for so long. Everyone wanted to be the star of the team. But he's come in and just showed it up. And I, I think he brings a lot of experience with that as well. He, his link-up play with the two midfielders is brilliant. Um, I mean, I, I, my, my, I was lucky enough, my friend lives in Stoke, who I go to QPR games with and Northern Ireland games. And he actually said that he's a hell of a player from what he, from his work colleagues have told him and Stoke fans were generally gutted that he left. I don't know you'd know more about that than I would, but I can see why, because he's just what you need in the championship and I hope he stays with us. But I guess the better he does with us, the more chance he's got of getting a recall and maybe getting back into your side, I don't know. Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd one, certainly given how uh, poor we were at the back in the opening uh, parts of the season, that letting Cameron go seemed to be a bit naive on Rowett's part because Cameron does have that experience, does have that kind of ability to break the play up as you say um, but yeah, he do, I don't know where I would play him in Stoke's current midfield because we've got Ryan Woods who plays as the uh, base of the midfield if you like. Yeah and uh, I, I think Ryan Woods has been most Stoke fans player of the season so far so and then who do we drop out of Joe Allen, Atebo, maybe Bojan occasionally. You know, we've, we've, we're kind of quite well stocked in that midfield area. So Cameron's kind of uh, been phased out. We've, I've kind of uh, maybe wanted to see him at, at centre half for us, given that Shawcross struggled early on and Ashley Williams has had a few uh, flare up this season. So, uh, you know, when we, I think we lost a Wigan in particular, I thought, oh, we could have done with uh, Cameron there. But uh, certainly, I don't think anyone begrudges him doing well at QPR because, like you say, he, he's been a he, he was he was just one of those guys who 
you, you know, you kind of took for granted because he'd either be on the bench or in the team. He he wasn't really a regular for a sustained period of time, but he yeah, he, he very rarely let us down on the pitch. I don't think he's got it in him. I mean, he, he's very good at putting himself across as well, and I think he he's still you know. If it, Maybe it's because he came over here late, I don't know, but he still loves playing the game and he still enjoys playing in this country. And um, from what I, I got from him, could, he could certainly play centre. From what I've seen, he could certainly play centre half because he's incredibly good at heading the ball for a centre midfielder. Mm. Um, so there's absolutely no problem with him playing centre half, I'm sure. But do you know what? In football, it's always what the manager wants, isn't it? And if the manager, you don't fit with the manager, you could be messy and he still wouldn't play you because that's what managers are like. That It's I'm right, you're wrong type mindset. And very few players come around to prove managers wrong. They usually have to leave because that's the way managers do these things. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't kept him for the championship because he is a he is a combative championship player that you need in this division. Although saying that, I've read it words for years at Brentford. I cannot believe that no one in the Premier League has picked him up. He's, without shadow of a doubt, one of the best midfielders in this division by a long, long way. And I think he will play in the Premiership eventually. And he's a great little player, actually, in fairness. I hope he has a terrible game Saturday, man. He's a, he's a decent player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So QPR, you, you, obviously, last time you visited us would have been in the in the Premier League. Uh, but in the last few seasons, you've kind of hovered around like the lower uh, portion of the Championship. You've been through a few managers, Warnock, Castle Bank. Um, who, who, who did you have last season? We had uh, it started off with Warnock, Hasselbank. Well, it, it went through it all. We went Warnock, Hughes, Redknapp, blah blah blah, all that, like and. And last year was um, the return of Holloway and Birmingham, yeah. which many people wanted and were quite happy with. And to be fair, I think they should get a lot of credit for um, where we are now. Um, apart from playing five at the back, they, they pretty much work within the remit of bringing the kids through. I mean, and it was nice also to get away from the kind of like the TV celeb type managers of Redden Up and Hughes and Black, you know, who are, mm. to be quite honest, dinosaurs. Who seem to be getting employed week? You know, club. Every club seems to employ them, and they self they self employed, and everyone looks at the club and wonders why. There's a common denominator: they're idiots. Um, and 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 that's where we found ourselves. So it was nice that Holloway came in, and Hasselbank was probably the most boring manager I've ever seen since Paul Hart. He was absolutely shocking. Um, and you know, whereas Red, sorry, Redknapp is Redknapp, isn't he? I mean, you, what you see is what you get, which is a complete moron. Um, and <laughs> You, you, you've also got the, the fact that we, we stumbled out of the Premier League pretty terribly um, and yeah the last time we played you, I, I just spent the whole match abusing Mark Hughes to be perfectly honest with you because results became secondary to QPR because we just couldn't get away wins we just couldn't we were found it really hard to get wins at home and we kind of still spent millions upon millions upon millions searching for a solution that was never ever there by spending money and, and, and now we seem to be spending a little bit of money wisely and it's got much better results than going for the the glamorous players. As you know, you don't need them in the in the, in the championship. You, you know, you need people who prefer to run and break their arse for you and, and and leave nothing on the pitch but their soul. That's what you need. And, and you know, I know we've got to talk about Mark Hughes in a minute, but Mark Hughes wouldn't know that kind of player if he bit him in the arse. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, you met you mentioned yeah you're kind of not spending. Uh, Certainly, anywhere as near as much money as he used to, and you've you've kind yeah. of I've, look, I've looked at your recent signing. There's mainly been free transfers or kind of undisclosed deals, whatever they they mean. But do you get a sense now that you're starting to get that stability back that you kind of maybe needed to uh, sort of 
maybe plateau in the championship and not kind of throw money at the problem, hope you'd get promoted and kind of start that cycle. Um, sorry, mate. I cut in on you there. Sorry, fella. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've just to say we, we we seem to find a plan, then we dismantle it within a few months if it's not working, and get a new plan, a new five-year plan within a month. And it's hard to say. I'd like to think that we have spots started better money because that kind of killed us all of our club. We were never a money bags club. We were never about spending money. It was always about bringing our own players through, using the um, transfer market very very wise, and you know giving us players like Mackie and the Ali Fulans and quite low money who come in and, and just progress amazingly well and you know and feeling in love with the players at the, with the fans and stuff so I, I never got the money thing I didn't like most of the players that we ended up with I mean at one stage we had the ridiculous thing of having Rob Green and um, the Brazilian goalkeeper you know it's just mm. scary that UPR felt that we could have like two World Cup goalkeepers in a squad that not even Manchester United would be stupid enough to do or, or anyone like that it was just absolutely insane and they didn't and they came for the money there's no question about it they didn't come to improve QPR they came to as a final payday and and the club's mentality then was absolutely ridiculous and I think we made a hell of a lot of mistakes and and agents up and down the country have have used us as a pension plan and that that was horrible because it was not what this club was about and it's absolutely killed us from the inside because Everywhere we looked, it was like, oh, QPR's wage bill's bigger than Dortmund's when Dortmund were going in the Champions League final and stuff. And then that, the reality dawned on us that this is just not going to work. And it didn't. It totally fell apart. And we the, the second stint after winning the playoff um, of being in the Premiership was just horrible. We, we were losing every week. And it wasn't a time for, for being a QPR fan with, with pride. It was a time to be dreading going the games and just wondering what was going to happen because the management structure was so crap. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that's certainly a quiz in itself, naming all those players from from that spell. My, my standout memory is um, Christopher Samba playing up front. I don't know uh, how, how how often that happened, but he, he seemed to be another one. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a strange thing. I think we brought him for 10 million, sold him for 10 million. It was just kind of like one of them things. And he had an absolute stinker game after game. I think they put him up front because he was probably less dangerous to our back four there. Hmm. Um, but he was enough. Basingwa was just an absolute nightmare of a sign. And, you know, like a, you know, Diane the Will Chelsea player coming to a club that absolutely despised Chelsea and everything they stand for. Um and he was just horrible. He, he just epitomised everything that was wrong with the club. Um, I think Rio Ferdinand came totally at the wrong time. Jason Park came at the wrong time. Uh, you had uh, Hugo Cesar, who I just mentioned, coming and not really knowing what he was doing. And, you know, the stories about what was going on at the training ground, it was certainly more about money than tactics. And you, you're only going to go one way after that, and that's down, because if you don't care, you're going to play. And they did. And there, there was no pride in the club. And, you know, we should have sacked Hughes after the Man City game because that was as good as I was ever going to get under that idiot. Um, and we didn't. And um, we probably should have sacked Redknapp after we won the playoff, but we didn't. It's, it's all ifs and buts with QPR. And it would have took a strong board to make the right decisions, which we don't think we really had at the time. Now we've got a better CEO. Fernandez has stepped aside and Ahmet Batty has took control of the club, who's, who's much more a fans person. And um, it seems to be working and it, we seem to be moving in the right direction, that's for sure. Well, well, that's certainly uh, positive to hear uh, on your end. If, if I can take you back to that horrible time briefly, um, why didn't we listen to you about Hughes? Uh, we were so arrogant. He started so well. And, yeah, 
Uh, but now we're 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 doing uh, to Southampton fans what you guys did to us, kind of knowingly saying, "Well, yeah, we told you, we told you we'd do this." Um, uh, but at least at least he kind of had a, a brief, uh, well, had a decent good spell with us. Um, why do clubs keep hiring him? I think he's clever. I think he masks um, early days. He, he comes in the clubs are, are basically, you know, not being funny, but Mr. Bean will do compared to what they've had before. They're desperate to have some kind of hope and, and to be salvaged. And, and what he'll do is salvage you for a few weeks and then unleash absolute misery. Um, and everyone thinks, I guess, they can change him. And he, from what I heard at QPR, listen, he's one of the most arrogant people we've ever had down there. Um, he never ever was wanted by us as fans that's for sure we, we couldn't stand him I remember when you guys employed him our podcast um, one of the guys in our podcast brother worked at a petrol station thing and he actually flashed it up on the petrol stations at Stoke Mark Hughes thanks for nothing hmm. um, and we did warn you and do you know what I was even doing it as a Hampton fan at the start of the season I went on a, a radio show and the guy hosted it was a Hampton fan who was really praising Mark Hughes and I went in six weeks time you'd be ringing me up and you'd be saying he's the worst manager you've ever had and I, I don't know, I guess he, because of his experience, because he talks, I mean, I don't know if he did the same with you guys, but when he got the QPR job, he actually was quoted as saying, I interviewed the board and they met my ambitions. And yeah. I was just like, what have we done? The ambition word is kind of toxic at Stoke now. We, 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 we don't say it. It's like a swear word because uh, ambition is what got brought up uh, time and time again. Uh, Arnautovic left us citing a lack of ambition and then we uh, announced his replacement uh, Hesse from Paris Saint-Germain, one of the most disgusting examples of modern football tosses. Um, uh, Hesse was probably the uh, kind of signing that took us down in, in a way because he, he, he was supposed to be the Arnautovic replacement. But we announced him with a show of, oh, this is the ambition we're showing now. We've got a lone player from PSG. Turns out he's crap and he's never at training, but... Uh, by the end of uh, Hughes's tenure, we've like at QPR, we've just got these uh, complete mercenaries, and uh, and th- th- there's just no real desire apart from a, a selected few players to to do anything about bad results. And of course, he goes before uh, Paul Lambert comes in, so he doesn't have the uh, relegation on his record, which is a bit of a joke, really. Oh, that 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 did make me not chuckle because it's not funny seeing your team get destroyed week after week and get relegated. But the arrogance of the fellow, I've never got a team relegated. Well, you've certainly built the foundations for quite a few. Mm. And you know, and, and you know, we had Mark Bowen on the podcast once, and the reaction from having Mark Bowen on after he came on was, "Please God, get rid of them now," because he just scared the bejesus out of us because the way he talked about the defence and everything else. But yeah, he does. I mean. He works quite closely with a lot of agents who seem to do rather nicely at every club he turns up at. I mean, we were said that he brought Mike Rigg to QPR, who did absolutely nothing and um, created a lot, you know, created a lot of wealth for certain people. Then buggered off to the FA, and it just was horrible to watch. And I say, you know, you'd, 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 you'd um, Brazilian goalkeepers turning up on helicopters at training and so forth, and it's, you know, we don't identify with that. And I think Hughes is just clever how he. And to be fair, Fulham fans did try to warn us and we didn't listen. So, I mean, we could chain this back, I guess, to, to wherever he started and however he does things. But he'll keep, like Redknapp, 
like Pulis, they'll still always get employed because someone will always think they'll be different this time around. Although Pulis will probably get more results to refer to him. Um, but the football, as you well know, is not going to be the prettiest in the world. But Mark Hughes doesn't build anything. He just destroys and exits. Yeah. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll move ahead then uh, to the game on Saturday. Uh, what do you think McLaren's approach is likely to be? Obviously, you're, you're on a, a fairly decent run at the moment. So uh, do you reckon he'll sense blood and go all out for the win? I think, you know, you're having a really odd season. And this kind of reminds me a little bit of us. We're waiting to get sparked into life at some point because you know that the team is better than what they're, what they're doing and you've got the players to get you out of it I think he'll he'll probably be cautious and counter-attack which is what we seem to be doing um, without Cameron that's going to be a big loss because um, I, I, I can't see him being allowed to play that'd be a, that'd be a pretty pretty nons, nonsense really um, which is a shame because I like the same play so we're going to be out with him so to be honest, I think a point for us though would be absolutely brilliant. As you know, to, to go through a season like we did last season, I think we only won three away games was horrendous, um, and we've already surpassed that well and truly. It's not even Christmas yet, so just keep going, keep picking up the points, and um, I'd like to see an attacking game because I think we've both got it in us to do that. Um, but also, the fear is that both managers will play, you know, for the point or, and, and not to get beat because we are quite a good side at the moment and, and you're still finding your feet in this league and that takes time in this league to find your feet I don't care what anyone says you can have the best will in the world but this league is like a, when you've been in the Premiership for some even four or five years you come back down to it it's it's a real kick into reality Yeah, we, we are uh, slowly learning that um, Finally then, can I have a prediction from you? 7-0 I'm not saying to who it'll be goals galore and marvellous now I, I think there's going to be definite goals because we are we are definitely free scoring at the moment um, I think it's probably going to end up to all um, but I think we could you know if we if the trouble well that's not trouble it's good if we can get an early lead what we're very good at is is holding on to it at the moment which is something we have I never thought I'd say in a, in a million years at QPR again but um, if we get an early lead then I would expect us to see that out um, now I said that we'll probably get an early lead and get hammered because that's a kiss of death if I've ever heard it. But no, I, I, I think we could, yeah, 2-1 or, or, or um, a 2-0 draw is what I'm thinking. 